Interview with the Podcast Vampire is a retrospective on the filmography of living legend Tom Cruise. Hosted by Dale underscore A, Jonesy Lowe's Beer, and Slim. Reiner, Aaron Sorkin, Tom Cruise, 1992, A Few Good Men. This is peak Sorkin, when you think about it, which makes it peak Tom. Peak Sorkin per show. Listen, when you come to a Tom Cruise filmography retrospective, you have to come in knowing that you're going to get credible commentators. Oh, yeah. And that sentence comes from writer. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, just this week, I wrote uh, a fake letter to school saying I was taking my son out uh, because he was sick. So I did write that letter. Um, and then I wrote several emails that uh, consisted of words like no or please take me off of this mailing list. So, mm-hmm. you know, my writing skills still going strong. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. You- you should hear him though over the Q10 Motorola microphones at at work. <laughs> you should hear that mouth of his. If they publish those words, let me tell you, I would go to prison. Vice President of Merchandise for this very podcast uh, network, the Paper Gig Radio Syndicate. Dale underscore. He's working the phones, trying to make some deals with T Public. See if we can get down to the wire. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, if I could just get T Public on the uh, on the horn and not just to get their automated phone system, I could talk about the shipping charges. T Public. I mean, what on God's green earth do you need to charge me eleven dollars to ship 11? three T shirts because they're on sale? It goes back to this thing about the libs that Jonesy was saying earlier. <laughs> previous to this <laughs> i don't get they're trying to take the your charging. shipping dale they I, don't trust you with it i don't get they, they want to take it from you they 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 mask with the visage of a sale <laughs> that t public is having i didn't realize that the, the the shipping charges went above like five or six bucks i guess it does when you add maybe three or more shirts uh, yeah, or when they're charging you fifteen dollars for a shirt instead of twenty dollars for a shirt or twenty two dollars for a shirt, mm-hmm. it's. So, do you know where that shipping money goes? That liberal shipping money. DHL it goes to the socialists. It goes to DHL it goes to the socialists. That's a known fact. DHL. I would. I, I. can't wait for the the Tom Cruise super fan that's checking out this podcast. The left leaning <laughs> Tom Cruise super fan and is now just totally repulsed by what they've heard. Uh, I do want to circle, if I could circle back real quick to Jonesy's comments about uh, replying to an email asking to be unsubscribed. Yes. In the tech world, that is one of the most abhorrent things one can do. Well, uh, it's not because necessarily a subscription list, it's internal mailing lists of like reports. That I just don't want to read anymore. So I just reply back like, hey, how about don't send this to me anymore? Mm. You're rep- yeah, there's a, oh, man. at a, my job, occasionally someone will accidentally reply all to like a internal email group saying something innocuous and then it just 
goes on and on. And then people get so aggravated that they just say, unsubscribe me from this list, which just perpetuates the email chain. And these lazy people, I'm not saying Gen Z, this is different than Gen Z's case. Different. But these lazy people sound like it. who just type in unsubscribe me when they know how to do it themselves makes me ill inside. Yeah. I generally get uh, in trouble for deleting chains of emails that I should have read. So I feel like I have the opposite problem. Can we, let's bring it back to Tom, if we can. This is an interview with the podcast Vampire. Uh, probably the hottest near monthly film retrospective <laughs> podcast on one actor you've ever heard. Semi-quarterly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time I've sat down to record a podcast in uh, a month. Mm. Believe it or not. It's back in the saddle for a few good men. Full disclosure, we watched this movie about a month ago. Maybe two for some of us. Maybe two months ago. Yeah. Scheduling difficulties <laughs> uh, happened. And we're going to jump face first into Aaron Sorkin's screenplay. Jensi, can you walk us through A Few Good Men? Sure. First, you have Lieutenant Caffey, Tom's character. And he is the son, the legacy if you will, of uh, a former naval commander who might have been the AG. I'm not sure I think that's correct. Uh, so, no, Dale, is that wrong? This is where Dale usually know. jumps in no, to correct this, me. This is, just shaking his just, head like I'm a I, big piece of ass. I think about my best friend Jonesy, and I think about that in the Venn diagram with Tom Cruise superfan and Sorkin screenplay superfan who came here to hear it first. And then Jonesy's facts start, he starts dribbling in his facts, and I, I mean, I just laugh. I just laugh. I miss my friends. You know, no, it's cool. I just uh, bit the cyanide capsule of my left molar, so I'll be dead in a couple seconds. Anyhow, Tom Cruise is a lawyer for the Navy, the JAG Corps, if you will. Dale, is that, does that check out? Uh, so he is not a trial lawyer. He's like one of the best pre-trial negotiators to get like plea bargains. And he's kind of forced by Demi, who plays a lieutenant commander in the Navy, to kind of ha be faced with an issue where he has to go to trial. And it's a uh, a very uh, terrible case of uh, Marine Corps hazing uh, called a, quote, code red, end quote. And uh, Tom's opponent is played masterfully by Kevin Bacon. Mm. And uh, the main antagonist of this role, of course, is Jack Nicholson uh, with the now infamous line, you can't handle the truth. Uh, and it features a wonderful performance by Kevin Pollack. So this is a great movie about uh, Cuba, about Code Reds, and uh, of course about Tom uh, for what it seems like being vetted by these elder statements of cinema. Like he's done a couple good movies and now Jack Nicholson's going to give him the nod. And we'll <laughs> see next film, Gene Hackman, cinema legend, giving Tom the nod, welcoming, welcoming him into the, the Brethren. The, the one thing I just want to point out real quick, when Josie was mentioning the nod, he did the sign of the cross. <laughs> <laughs> as if he was blessing his vestments before a mass. Right, as if he was, that's what Jack Nicholson would do. 
in this I instance. just assume in the Illuminati when you get brought in. <laughs> yeah, there's oh some sort God. of like double sign. And it was the exact positioning of Jesus the Christ, how he positions his <laughs> fingers in his statues when he's blessing someone. It's the, all connected. You, it's all the go through the media, the agenda. <laughs> Yeah. Not really, not really said. an anti-liberal person, but I find this whole <laughs> subject very entertaining. He is like enacting various vague trolls that will impact <laughs> a, such a small percentage of people that listen to the show. The top twenty favorite things of this movie. Where would you place Kevin Bacon's hair? Honest question. Oh, oh my man. god, I, that's I, a I didn't great realize a marine could have that level of hair that was so magical. It was like. He showed up and they're like, you know, that's not quite regulation, uh, but we like mm. it so much. It's don't cut it. It's in the movie. Now, before we get into the uh, the meat of the film, this is something that uh, maybe Jonesy knows the answer to. Uh, like Tom Cruise is in the Navy. Caffey's in the Navy. And this is but this is a Marine issue. Is the Navy like are the judge advocate generals? all navy men and do they handle all courts of law for all military like this is not the podcast to be talking about this in general but i would i'm genuinely interested because you know there's so much about you hear about like inter um inter armed forces sort of con like uh not conflict but you know courtrooms and and uh and law it, it's very interesting to me so that's an interesting case, and I, and I don't know, maybe the JAG Corps are just the attorneys, but Kevin Bacon was a Marine, and yeah, the exactly. judge was a Marine, so why that's was true. the Navy brought in to uh, try this? Is the uh, Guantanamo Bay a naval base, and maybe that's why they had jurisdiction? That's a great question. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Probably. I mean, yeah, I, I I'd like something I like to. Can pursue. we apologize? Well, let's apologize in advance to the Jag super fans who are listening. Yeah, uh, that probably came to this. <laughs> Actually, before I apologize to uh, the Jag TV show super fans, I apologize to anybody serving in the military that we are just so <laughs> ignorant of your yeah. rules and regs. That's true. Oh my god, Dad! What did you think of this movie? So. I had I didn't know anything about this movie. I didn't know that um, Jack Nicholson was you know in it, but and he was such a key character. But he what I didn't know he was like I thought he was on the stand for the whole movie. That was my mm. impression of this film. But I thought it was a great movie, and I was pretty riveted for just a courtroom drama. Whereas my younger self would have never made the time of day for this movie. This is the first time I've ever seen it. And I, I, I couldn't be bothered with it in my younger years, but, um, it was a great, it was a great film. Well put together, um, well paced. And, you know, the little intricacies of, um, especially when, uh, Kathy meets, Jack Nicholson for the first time in Cuba, like some of those, uh, the timing of their dialogue and when Caffey can rec recognize exactly when he knows he would need to get him on the stand and, you know, his sort of legacy or history with uh, plea bargaining and, and uh, knowing like 
sort of the internals of the military. Like he was put on that case specifically so it wouldn't go to trial. Mm. It was, I mean, it was, it was a great movie. It really was. I loved that Demi Moore uh, was in it and she, but she wasn't, I don't know, just like a love interest. You know what I mean? She was definitely part of the trio of the defense. And like, as uh, Jonesy says, like Kevin Pollack has a pretty powerful uh, role in the movie. I thought it was, um, you know, his point of view on the whole thing was incredible. And, you know, it, yeah, it was, it was a great movie. If anything, I thought Demi's uh, love interest part was like shoehorned in. Very, very like much you so. You could have deleted that subplot and the movie would have been just as good. I don't think there was any reason for Tom and Demi to get into the into a romantic relationship, but I think that's kind of where movies were when this was being Did filmed. Did they? So. I don't even remember that. Oh yeah, they hooked up some. Come on. In the movie? Oh, yeah. Not in real life. I don't even remember that scene. What was the context? I don't know. She just admired him as a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. Now they made out. I don't know. <laughs> that I don't was at the end. At it was at the very end. I, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't. I think, I, I think the, the, at the very end, right? Didn't they go on a date or something? You know, no, they went out month, to dinner guys. halfway through the movie. Like, why am I? I feel like it was just a. It was just show a dinner. Show yourself, coward. I didn't. I didn't feel anything romantic about it. Of course, it was a month ago since I last saw this movie. If but if you if you guys would like to uh, throw your opinion into the hat, I do have you know one gripe. Now that I'm remembering the movie, tell us, please. Um, well, I I don't know, like the first half of the movie or three quarters Tom Cruise's character in general like his lack of professionalism and maybe it's because he knew he was you know the maverick of the of the lawyer world you know what I mean he was very uh, cocky and he was very not very serious at all you know what I mean so but that was I I get that's part of the character arc but Mm. The dude's in the military. Like, he's a military lawyer, you know what I mean? He's He was uh, definitely not as professional as I would assume everybody in that world to be. Yeah, he was... It reminded me of um, Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow Tom, where he was kind of just like a, a doofus jerk almost. So just floating by, having fun. And uh, he was really kind of a jerk at the beginning. Remember when they first met Jessup for that lunch? And Demi was like pushing a little harder than Tom was expecting. And he was like cutting her off. Like, this is enough. We need to stop. We yeah. Believe you're out of line. Um, but overall, one of my all time fave movies. Just wow. absolutely. I love this movie to death. Yeah. It, it makes me really wish that I saw the actual stage play because it feels like I such know. a courtroom setting for a, a, a play god it would it, this is this would be amazing as a play and how how absurd is it to think that it was a play before it was ever a movie mm-hmm. like how many people aaron, actually know that you know what i mean aaron sorkin a divisive character writer divisive i wonder how much uh a few good men west wing fanfic is out there oh my that's gosh. got it's got a number in the tens at least eleven fanfic. That's <laughs> probably a uh, subreddit. The uh, I mean, right off the bat, the first scene with Jack Nicholson, um, and his you know commanding officers, the Markinson and Kiefer Sutherland, 
and just the way he commands that room. Mm-hmm. Like the first scene yeah. he's in, you're you're honestly in awe of his acting prowess. You really just are right off the bat. Yeah. And every scene he's in, even the lunch, um, when he dresses down uh Tom in like several scenes, and at the very end, the you know, leading up to the scene where they kind of need to go all out to put Jessup on the stand and they even warned Tom like if you don't think you can corner him into admitting something don't do it because your career will be over yeah. if you try it and and you fail I know. and oh, and how about in that scene I know. this is probably the first time i really like honed in on that comment because there's a moment there where it's a long moment where he is thinking about doing it and he's just like quiet he's like do i do it this is my career right here it 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 stayed in the in that second for for so mm-hmm. long, and oh my god, it was amazing. Yeah, that whole speech by Nicholson at, at, and like not exactly the you know you can't heal the truth, but like what he goes off the handle right before that, where mm-hmm. where like the will you want me on that yes. wall part of it, yeah, where he's like you know yes. I I just assumed you said thank you. And go on your way or else pick up a gun and stand to watch. For a second, you're on his side. For a split second, he is such a Absolutely. powerful actor that you are on the antagonist side. I mean, that's that's Jack Nichol- uh, Nicholson's skill right there that gets you to buy him what he wants. Even though you know it's wrong. You're like, yeah, maybe he's got a point because it's him. He, he brings such a gravitas to that role. Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's going to do it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago, and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know, that Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives, and my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Did you order the code red? I did the job. Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did. Yeah, because the I mean the whole time it's a black or white issue, right? Especially when you have like Kevin Pollock's um you know, opinion or his viewpoint of view kind of like egging on the whole narrative and Jessup is such a D-bag the the second you meet him and you just it's a black or white issue up until that speech he gives then it's like none of the none nothing about mm-hmm. this is black or white because it's absolutely 100% true that i mean you need guys like that on the yeah, wall you, right i, I, I mean, felt the same way during that speech crazy. i was like this is probably the first time i felt mm, well you know he's got a point maybe yeah. we should just let him leave and he yes, should do his exactly. job that nobody else wants to do and he does it so well 
and he's an a-hole and we need him doing that job. And like that was like conflicted during his speech. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, he he went in. How about when um he gets done his speech and he excuses himself? Remember he like walks in front of Tom. Oh my god. And gosh. Tom tells him he hasn't been excused. Sit down. Oh my god. I, and I think if Tom didn't say anything, what everybody else in that courtroom would have yep. just let him leave. Yeah. Because he's carrying he I mean he's the colonel like he carries all this weight. He just puts his hat under his arm and he is out of there. And it, like until Tom reminds everybody and him that he's in a court of law and he needs to sit back down. It's absolutely it's mm-hmm. it's bananas. Uh, how about the line where Tom finally figures out his own honor and he says, "You'll address me uh, as lieutenant. I'm a and he says I'm an officer, of the United States Navy." Like, you've been waiting the whole movie for him to get his head out oh of his ass. Oh, my God, yeah. Thanks, Danny. I love Washington. Excuse me. I didn't dismiss you. I beg your pardon. I'm not through with my examination. Sit down. Colonel. What's that? I'd appreciate if he would dress me as Colonel or Sir. I believe I've earned it. Defense counsel will address the witness as Colonel or Sir. I don't know what the hell kind of unit you're running here. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. I'm quite certain I've earned it. You're like, you're, this is one of those scenes where you're, you're yeah. cheering the movie. Yeah. You're like, yes, Tom, give it to him. And then Jessup even like, <laughs> yes, exactly. he gives in, goes back to his seat and then mouths off to the judge. Remember? And then the judge starts to give it to Jessup and then the tables start to turn from there. Oh my Lord. Even the, the the prep scenes that they did for the trial were also so enjoyable. Them working late hours, trying to like figure out this case. Um, and I watched mm-hmm. this with Amanda, uh, you know, like a month ago, and I turned to her. I'm like, you know, beaming from watching the movie. It's over. You get that Kevin Bacon scene at the end, and I turned to her, and she's like, I don't get it. <laughs> she like didn't oh, so like it right. at all. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I mean, it's it was just masterfully executed because really you're not in on the final day's trial when Jessup is first put on the stand and Kevin Pollack is late with the with the airman from Andrews Air Force Bre- or Air Force Base or whatever, and uh, like you start thinking, you start figuring out that that was all was part of the plan. It was a ruse to let them in late so he could get he that was basically the point where he could decide to gauge Jessup's reaction to these unknown like you know x factors and to know whether he could lay into him or not because the camera cut of Jessup's like reaction to those two unknowns being walked in the courtroom is so fast but it's so key to the entire yeah, like thing for once he's not the all-knowing, all-powerful colonel, he's like, did I just get caught? Like, there's that that mm-hmm. vulnerability. That just, it, and then it's yeah. gone. Immediately gone again. Like, he, re, like he reasserts mm-hmm. himself almost immediately. But very human moment. How about um when there, yeah. he kind of admits that he called the code red and it happened. Like, you, he, like, caught him. And everyone is just stunned. Even Kevin Bacon you know, Jessup's own attorney at that, at that stage. And it's just silence. And Tom has to like, you know, almost somberly stunned say, Jack, like, you know, do you have anything to say here? Cause we're, it's about to be over for you. 
and Kevin Bacon like has to, you know, say that, you know, I, that's it. It's over, I guess. So, so amazing. Uh, yeah. And it's pretty incredible because, you know, Jessup j- didn't know the ramifications. Like he was just like, okay, I, I admitted I ordered the, ordered the code ready. He's like, look, he's like, what is the worst that could happen? And he's, he's, you know, get taken away in handcuffs. It's, it's amazing. Like he didn't know. He didn't know any of that. That there's yeah. a part could earlier happen. in the movie where I think it's the uh, Demi Moore says to Kathy, "No, it's not Demi. It's got to be Kevin Powell because he's like you need to tread carefully because he's earmarked to be promoted to Brigadier General. He'll be a or whatever the next rank is in the Marines. He he's going to be on such and such as cabinet. But he's going to be the in the year. White House. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be like the number two guy. Yeah." It's 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 uh very imposing to think about, you know what I mean? Like this guy has power now and he's you he's only going to have that much more power, you know what I mean? You can't F the, with um, the guy. The 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 so the the soldiers they were defending, uh Downey and Dawson who did the code or like enacted the code red. They they hazed this guy to the point of, you know, accidental death and they don't see eye to eye with Tom Cruise the whole time, or the the main guy. I guess it was Dawson, um, who followed you know the code to a T, loves the military, et cetera, et cetera. So they have like a falling out kind of, even though Tom is still defending him. And then it leads up to the end where they get dishonorably discharged, and they're shocked like that this is happening, that they thought they were just going to go back to work, and you get this amazing circle where Tom says, you know, you don't need that title to have honor, et cetera, et cetera. And then the guy does this corny, but amazing, you know, what does he say? Officer on deck <laughs> or officer on the floor. And they salute. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. Amazing. That was another scene. I was like, this is uh, corny as hell, but I love it. I love it. Because honor meant so much to these men. And honest to God, I had no idea. I did not see it coming that the one thing they wanted, they were willing to serve the rest of their lives in prison as long as they got the fact that they followed orders you know they Mm -hmm. did everything with honor they followed orders because that's what the marine corps is about and that's the one thing that wasn't granted to them was honor and it was it, it was like a blow i was like oh my god this is like the blood left my face and i had just had like this tingly feeling i was like this is terrible like we won, mm-hmm. but for what? You know what I mean? Like, this is the one thing the guys yeah. wanted. You know what I mean? It's, and it was, but, so that's the one thing that the two accused wanted more than anything. But by the end, you know, they were, they were okay with it. You know, it, it was incredible. So incredible. The ending of the film too, where it, that scene happens and then Kevin and Tom kind of have their final conversation it reminded me very much of a play, like the ending scene of a play too, just because, you know, they had this kind of like jovial conversation after this kind of dark event happened in the courtroom. They, they pair <laughs> yeah. up together. They're looking right at each other. They're kind of laughing. And it just, I could totally picture this being the final scene of the play where like, you know, the lights go out except for the spotlight on these two. And then they walk off and then the, the play ends. Um, just a, just an interesting, yeah, just an interesting little ending out. to the film that, kind of made sense in the scheme of a play. 
Yeah, great film. I mean, it was I. I'm glad to have finally seen it, and I'm glad I was you know probably emotionally more ready than ever to uh, more mature more mature than ever to have seen it. Uh, there are more trivia items on IMDb than I could possibly call, oh uh, but there are a couple that I thought were of note. Uh, for all ten days, Jack Nichols who worked on this film. He uh was paid five million dollars. Oh, and you got to figure that that's like mid nineties or early nineties. Wow. So that's like what forty billion dollars in today's money with inflation. Easily. Uh, another thing I thought was pretty interesting is that uh, Tom Easily. Cruise's Jack Nicholson impression was unscripted. So that whole scene where he makes fun of uh, Jessup is nice. like uh, Demi and and uh, Kevin Pollock's real reaction. And it all made it into the film. <laughs> uh, let's see, what was the other one I really liked? Oh, uh, speaking of unfair monies, Demi's, uh, I guess, her fee for movies at the time was $3 million. Uh, But after she had like three box office flops, she lowered it because the producers were courting Jodie Foster and Linda Hamilton oh my God. to play that role. So she dropped her. Obviously, this this film pretty much reinvigorated her career. But yeah, I'm looking to see when um, Strip Tease came out. That was three, three, four years later. Yeah, it was '96, I think, yeah, something like that. Right, I'm trying 96. to think my uh, memory of such things. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. I just remember the aura and taboo nature of the film at the mm-hmm. time for some reason. Um, the the one thing I remember going through these as well, Jonesy, back when I was watching the movie, uh, and the one thing that really stood out to me was like <clears throat> the crux of the whole movie. But there's no such thing as conduct uh, unbecoming a Marine under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. The closest huh. thing to it is what is known as Article 133, which could carry a dishonorable discharge as a possible punishment. So, but there's no such thing as like the gravitas of conduct unbecoming a Marine. The one, the one um, negative connotation I had on the movie was the music. I felt like this could use an updated modern score big time. Did anyone else feel that the score changed directions halfway through the film? Like, I feel like it didn't get all trumpety and like sweeping until the third act. Mm. Yeah, I do. I do. Yes, I agree with that. It was, uh, it was very like simple before that, but then it became like, you know, what you're used to in, in sort of military movies. You know what I mean? It's very grand. There you have it. Few good men. One of the all timers. Yeah, I really was. IMO. Uh, next up after a few good men, the firm. You ever heard of this one? Five clocking in at five hours. The firm. <laughs> God. <laughs> spoilers. Opinion I spoilers. St- I started watching it at eleven p.m. Oh my god! In fact, and the boosters still were watching it. <laughs> Eleven p.m. tonight. Did you actually watch it, or were you you trolling us earlier? I was totally trolling you. I'm prepared oh my for this god. podcast. I didn't think you watched it. Okay, all right. Okay, next okay. Uh, episode. I'm not, I'm not going to say the time frame. Uh, stay tuned for uh, the firm with one of the oddest character names uh, in film history. If I can pull it up here. Avery Tolar, Gene Hackman. I couldn't get over that name oh, of man. his character in that movie when I heard it out loud. <laughs> you guys uh, remember uh, 
Mean Gene from Heartbreakers. Oh my God. Can we watch Jeez. Heartbreakers for like a bonus episode? Oh, let's do Heartbreakers for Paper Keg. <gasps> oh, Done. Finally. Are you kidding me? Oh you my God. Me? All I right. We'll poked out of the bottom of my shorts. All, all the Gene Hackman super fans have now deleted the podcast again. Uh, <laughs> we'll see everybody next time. Thanks for listening. Love you.